finally, we've been uh, delaying getting to this. It, it took a little bit of research and, and digging, but we finally have our roster review, our preview. Absolutely. I, you know, for the most part, I've kind of, I know a few names here and there. I did a little more, got to actually see we had a little more production in some of these players than I would have anticipated with the way that everybody was talking about our, you know, our our team and our roster. I wasn't expecting quite the, the production that I saw in. Fuck you, email. So with that, any surprises for you with your uh, review? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, the one bigger, not really downers per se, just more kind of the note is our defense. And, you know, when we apologize in advance, you know, we did the interview with uh, Pat be, uh, before this. And so there'll, there'll be a little bit of overlap, but at least we get Pat's perspective on things too. So, um, but one of the bigger things and just in general has been kind of the defense. That's going to be a... What it'll be kind of a wild card because on, on paper, nothing really stands out, but a couple of indiv- individuals, you know, shows show some potential, and then you know that combined with Jeff Fisher, you know, if they if he can whip them into shape, then that you know they might they might you know come out and shine. Who knows? Um, but you know that's kind of one people have been down on the Panthers a little bit because of the defense. And I do see some concerns there, some legitimacy to that. But for the most part, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I'm not quite as down on that. Like I said, after my looking into it a little more, I'm I'm not quite seeing the same concerns. But at the same time, uh, yeah, no, there, there, there definitely are some holes that hopefully these players are able to fill with their development. Because obviously, most of what I'm, what I've looked at are all from draft profiles and, and not really so much what they did with the NFL. Cause obviously there, there's very little NFL experience across the board for the league as a whole, especially for, for our offense or for our roster. So going off of that, I, I still think that, you know, with some tutelage, with some experience in the TSL and everything else, I'm thinking that some of these holes, some of these areas needing improvement have been. So um, we'll certainly see. But without further ado, um, let's get into some more of the specifics. Let's get into some more of the specifics. Starting with coaching. I think he really doesn't need any introduction, but our head coach, Jeff Fisher, um, obviously he is probably... Well, not probably. He is the biggest name that the league currently has. That obviously, that's the reason why the Panthers are probably as far in the lead with social media following and fandom in general is because of his name recognition. But he is a, he is a legend, <laughs> and I think a lot of that comes down to he actually has some a lot of good with it. You know, on top of, of course, the the seven and nine meme that you know that is prevalent. That, of course, that we're seeing you know repeated constantly um, to kind of tear us down a little bit, but warranted. Yes, at the same time, I mean, dude lasted quite a while in the NFL uh, as a head coach and has greater than that five hundred mark that uh, 
you know that it gets beamed on for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to. I'm excited to see what he comes up with and how he handles himself as a coach, and you know, handles these guys who are. You know, some have experience in the AF. Some have, you know, some are just straight out of college. Some are, you know, some are have been on the practice squads, and um, so there's a real interesting uh, mix of experience levels, and so we'll see how that translates to on field, you know, energy and cohesiveness and all that. Yeah, and I mean, especially in comparison with with Fisher's experience in the NFL, he kind of is leading you know his contemporaries by by considerable margin with with his experience. So, I think that personally, if he was my NFL head coach, I'd probably be a little more concerned. But as far as as the USFL is concerned, I, I think he is the coach to to certainly beat, and I think that he'll have. I have a good hand in in developing some of these players to at least get them closer to an NFL level, and for us, that should translate into some wins. Absolutely, I, I agree, Tom. We're so looking forward to seeing how this goes. And also to mark him being one of the few defensive-minded head coaches in the USFL does give him a different perspective. So I expect that we'll see a little bit of a different feel with you know. Our team, though, in interviews and everything else, we have seen Fisher talk about high scoring. So it's certainly going to be a different team than your typical Jeff Fisher coach team. So I'm looking forward to to seeing that blend. And I think a big part of that has to do with the coordinators that he that he's bringing in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And... The, the probably the one coordinator that I'm most excited about is, of course, our offensive coordinator in Mike Marty. He's a younger guy, uh, former quarterback, played in D3, played also in some international leagues uh, beyond college. So he's got some playing experience as well as, well, obviously some coaching experience. Most recently before his time at Grambling State as the OC just this last year, he was a head coach in the JUCO circuit in, in California for about five years from, you know, 2015 to 2020. So he's got some experience there leading some leading teams, and now he's back into a more familiar spot with uh, the OC position. And I'm not sure how much you've really kind of dug into his expertise and kind of the, some of the play calling that he'll be doing for our offense, but seems like he definitely likes using his tight ends and looking at our roster. We have some tight ends that he'll certainly have Patterson and or Lynch throwing to. So he'll definitely, we'll definitely see some tight end usage, which I like being, you know, Michigan fans, tight end usage, big 10. That's what we expect. And that's what we're going to see here. So it's going to feel comfortable, going to feel kind of familiar in that regard. But there'll be a lot of multiple gun too. So we'll, we'll be yeah, that. yeah. I'm not too familiar with a lot of these names, but Eric Marty, I'm decently familiar with. Um, so I'm kind of happy to see him. Well, if not kind of, I am. I'm happy to see him on the coaching staff and be interesting to see what he um, what he comes up with. 
I'm excited for the offense. Like they did, that's kind of been the thing that the league has been pushing the most is getting offenses to score high scoring, exciting football. We're going to see that here. And I don't see the Panthers missing a step in that regard with, with Marty coaching the offense and then the defense again, everybody's big concern. It seems to be like that, you know, how's our defense got some holes there, especially as we talked with Pat, there's, you know, there's some concerns again, concerns that I have as well, but former linebacker coach with UMass last year, he's now coaching defense for the first time. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what he brings. The linebacker core especially is one that we have some, we have player with a good amount of production in college and one that I'm definitely curious to see how the young guy handles, handles this step up. (laughs) But I didn't really go too much into the line coaches and the other position coaches just stuck with the coordinators and with obviously Fisher. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really do too much of a deep dive just because I don't really recognize the names, but um, I guess that's probably why I should have done a deeper dive. But um, yeah, it, it, so it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, looking, you know, so I, I think I, like I was looking at Dan Carroll's stuff a little bit, um, you know, on the defensive side of things. So. I'd, and I'm not really too familiar with his experience, but yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I think he was, he was a yeah he was a linebackers coach at um, UMass, so that'll be. I'm not sure about the UMass of def- the UMass defensive scheme from last year, so I really don't know yeah. what he's uh, exactly comfortable with. But looks like that since uh, Don Brown came in, he he left. And let's see. Yeah, defensive backs, and you know Jeff. You know Jeff. I recognize that name though from because uh, he was on the Panthers as an assistant uh, defensive backs coach. And then he's also, you know, Rams and Vikings. So he's he's kind of had a had a you know career, <laughs> you know, pro level career. And so hopefully that experience translates into being able to coach these guys. I think will. Like obviously we have a Super Bowl winning quarterback playing as a player in Fisher with the eighty five Bears. So if anyone knows defense and how a cohesive unit can come together and play well and dominate. Obviously it's going to be those 85 bears and that scary defense. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing it. (laughs) While we start out with you, I don't know how deep you want to go. I'm ready to go as deep as you want. And no, uh, I should, shouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, we'll cut that out because your audio, at least, it sounds like it's your audio is kind of coming in and out. At least wh- how I'm hearing it. I don't know how Craig is hearing it. Oh, weird. Yeah. So we can redo that one because I got to cut it anyway. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, so while we get into the players aspect, of, I don't know if you want to, you can start with the offense first, and we can make our way down to the defense. Yeah, I know offense is usually the splashier, sexier, more yeah, more <laughs> you know, more light aspect. And why not give the people what they want right off the bat? Let's let's not tease <laughs> like the USFL. Um, and right off the bat, probably one of the more controversial positions in that you know with with the first pick we did not take as as a lot of people thought and you know we would take Jordan Chamu but we we clearly obviously didn't we ended up getting former Wolverine in Shea Patterson uh, again lot a lot of mixed opinions on Shea and I'll admit even I was kind of like where we did what now we we picked him over over time cuz I because obviously, as a Wolverine homer, I love the pick. Also, I know his weaknesses, you know, as as a Wolverine. So it, it's one of these ones where I'm super excited and I want him, you know, to do well. I ex- actually expect him to do well. I, I still think that he very well could be the MVP of the league. But obviously, uh, I do have some concerns with some of his play, and we'll, of course. We'll get into that, right? And yeah, it, and I'm in the same mindset. I, you know, I obviously same here. Being a Uvum fan, I like, you know, like him, like what he does. You know, obviously he has some issues, but it, it does feel weird picking him over, you know, an established spring league, you know, spring football veteran at this point and he one of the better ones in the XFL, you know, so I d I don't know. I'm it's very, very interesting that this happened, but I mean, you know, here we are. <laughs> I mean it was five games in the XFL, so we can't act like he right. dominated for an entire season. It was half a season, truncated season. So as much as I do like Tamu and I wanna put him right up there at the top of the quarterbacks in the USFL I'm not going to crown him MVP already just simply because of what he did in the XFL. This is a different league, obviously different. Oh, great. Agreed. And again, five weeks was enough to show that he obviously has talent, but I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm not crowning him anything. So, but that's not who we got anyway. So presume starter, obviously Shea Patterson, that kind of seems to be the theme that, you know, him being mostly showcased with like these player questions interviews sounds like interviews and things that Demore have posted. It basically talks about Shay uh, being the starter. So I'm good with that. And so that's my assumption that, you know, he's, he's going to start this season. And again, from what I've been reading, sounds like Shay is taking this very seriously. This is business like for him. So he obviously has the dedication, the drive, and I'm excited to see him, you know, do something good with that. Obviously, we talked about it with the preseason game with him rolling out with the, the one play with him rolling out and throwing the t- touchdown pass on the run. That's not stuff that is brand new to me uh, from seeing him do stuff that I know that he can do. He is able to move. Obviously, gets can, if he has to get flushed out of the pocket, he can move. And clearly, he does have the ability to throw on the run. So I'm not, I'm I'm not too concerned about that. What I am most concerned about, though, 
is that is the deep ball and getting something we touched on in our conversation with Pat. Just the Alabama game in his last yeah. his last game as a Wolverine, that Alabama game where he could not hit a receiver downfield for anything. And not to be the homer, but honestly, the way that we played, the way that we matched up against Alabama, we had a shot at that game. But what killed us was not being able to score those points. And a lot of that had to do with we went for the deep ball. We were aggressive on offense. I liked the play calling. But Patterson was not able to hit them, his guys downfield. And if he was able to shore that up, and maybe it just was a matter of he just never got to click with, with DPJ and Collins and the like, I don't know. Uh, but if that is the case and he's able to get some connection, some chemistry with, with our receivers on, on the Panthers, I think maybe my fear should be alleviated. The very least, I know the dude is safe with the ball and he's really fucking good with, with the RPOs with, with pulling it out of the receivers or out of the running backs hand and, you know, doing what with it, what he needs to. So I trust that. Uh, the 68 to 27 TD to inter- interception ratio in college is, you know, better than than some others in this league for sure. So I, I'm comfortable as long as we don't turn the ball over, which again something that he really does not do carelessly. Uh, there were definitely a few games where there were some careless interceptions. I, but that was mostly I think when he had hurt his hand. So some of those interceptions were, you know because he just obviously he didn't have the full strength he wasn't fully healthy with that hand so not an excuse that's kind of where playing smarter comes into play but at the very least you know that that's not a not a consistent issue that i have with him yeah uh yeah that's that's been on everyone's mind um but i think you're right i think once it once he gets more comfortable with you know, receivers and more reps and all that, and I think I think we'll, hopefully our uh, fears will be alleviated on that one. At the very least, if we do some RPOs and we do some dinking and dunking, getting the ball quickly to Bidette and letting him run with it, then I I think the offense is in a good spot with that. Our O line is not terribly undersized by any means, so. There's obviously question marks with them. I think that's going to be with any line at this point with with the league. There's really not too right. many <laughs> line stats that you can really go off of. So, yeah, nothing, nothing really stands out for sure at the moment. So, so we'll just have to see how they perform. And if uh, Shea is not the guy that's able to get it done, especially against uh, some stronger defenses, we we have a very strong backup in Paxton Lynch. And said for that, I think the duo that we have with these two guys definitely makes us have the strongest QB room in the league. So QB play ultimately is not going to be one of my concerns. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, I... 
Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and of course, Lynch being the 2016 first round draft pick for the Broncos, um, he he has some NFL experience. Played for uh, played for the Broncos and ended up bouncing around the Steelers and Seahawks practice squads for for a little bit. He's a little bit slower than than what Patterson is on as far as like the forty yard times are, but. Uh, he has a comparable completion percentage rate, about the same amount of production. Maybe not quite as careful with uh, interceptions with, as as Shea was, but at least at least not compared to his his touchdowns. So he seems to be the gamer, though. I, or at least the one that I think everybody kind of points to him as being athletic. Dude is tall, but still obviously has the ability to play. So right. <laughs> yeah, he's six seven. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> the, the, That's just a... He should not have too many batted balls. No. <laughs> no I'd be very surprised if, if that was one of his weaknesses. But yeah, no, I uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, between the two, we we have a great, we have two great quarterbacks to choose from, and you know, uh, you know, develop you know certain things around depending on their ability, you know, athletic abilities. So, I, I I'm excited to see them both. Yeah, I am actually curious to see if they'll do like a dual QB package. I don't like entirely dual QB systems. But if you have some packages sprinkled in where they're able to use, you know, both quarterbacks throughout the game, uh, though, you know, sticking with one, presumably, you know, Shea as the starter and the main guy, and then kind of run with Patch or Paxton with some packages, I, I think that would work really well. Obviously, again, a little bit of my bias. I see that as something that, you know, we did well with Michigan with, you know, McCarthy and McNamara. So I'm going to use that bias and say, like, we, if Fisher does something similar, then, you know, then I think we got uh, we got a workable offense. Especially, too, we, we do have options, because, again, kind of talking about what I've been hearing about the quarterbacks in that Lynch, though, he might actually get the nod if we are playing against some particularly strong defensive teams. I'm... Not entirely sure the context of that. Obviously, if we're running with Shea, then you know he's going to give us the best chance overall. So, kind of curious of what what they mean by you know getting stronger defenses. But maybe he'll need to chuck the ball down farther and be able to kind of stay in the pocket longer. And you know, having his length to be able to to do that might uh, might come in play. Agreed. So we'll see that and all of these though I'm just keep saying it through this segment is that I just do not know what we should really be expecting from this team. Uh, <laughs> so much harder when we are coming up fresh for brand new rosters, completely brand new rosters and no real idea of, of what to expect from any of these staff. Um, definitely interesting. So uh, shooting from the hip on this one for sure. Absolutely. Uh, it's, Oh, we can do something for the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you said, 
our O-line seems to be pretty solid, you know, physically-wise on paper. So who knows? Hopefully they uh, do their job well and allow um, our QBs to make those plays. I mean, we let's see here. Our average O-line is about six four and a half. So yeah, not not too small, not too short. And then we're averaging three oh nine pounds, where the, the NFL average is three fourteen. So pretty much right there in the NFL size range that you that you would kind of expect. So we have some good sized bodies. Absolutely, they're most of them are going to be unknowns, but good sized bodies. So I, as long as they can hold their blocks, then and not get you know caught holding too much i i think uh i think we'll be in good shape there absolutely now what will certainly help our quarterbacks in the passing game is going to be establishing a running game and we have two backs that i'm familiar with more more so with scott than corbin but familiar with both guys and um I'm assuming we're probably going to run with Stevie as the main back. He, of course, ended up... Uh, he went undrafted last year out of Indiana. Not the the fastest dude. Uh, runs a decent 40, uh, 466, but dude has great vision and power. He's He's got that cut. Uh, and able to uh, to make a man miss. I mean, he gashed us quite good. Uh, at, you know, whenever he played Michigan, as Indiana always would play us tough. So I'm familiar with him, and unfortunately with some of his abilities. Though, granted, now it's uh, a positive. Dude had over eleven thousand, or not eleven thousand. That'd be that'd be impressive. Eleven hundred yards as a freshman with Indiana. So even from a young age, dude has some production at uh four point five yards per clip. I'm you know he, he's not going to he's not gonna be the home run hitter, but he's gonna be able to to get us some yards. And I think combine that with, with the RPO, combine that with some of the quick passes, um I, I think he's gonna be a dangerous back. Maybe not the flashiest name, maybe not the the sexiest pick at running back, but no. If you if you've seen him in play in college, then you know that he he's not a slouch. Yeah, the uh, from what I remember, he he's he's solid, and I I like I like his style for sure. So um, that's really all I can say about it for now. I mean, and he's not a small dude, 6'2", 231. So the fact that he yeah. doesn't run slower 40 combined with, with his vision, he, he can hit the hole and, you know, hit, you know, hit defenders. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, seeing that for sure. And then we have um, Corbin. If you want to look at his stats, and I think that's probably what a lot of people are doing. If you want to look at his stats, you're not going to be impressed. Like in his time at Illinois, he has only 143 uh, attempts and 675 yards on those attempts. So 
good for 4.7 yards per carry, but not a whole lot of bulk. And I don't know that we would really expect to see him carry the bulk of, you know, of the place here in, you know, for the Panthers. So I don't compar- comparable speed uh, on the 40 with, with Stevie. He's, he's got, uh, I was reading his draft profile and I'm not as familiar with him, obviously playing against him. He's, you know, him being in the big 10 West, not someone, you know, we went up against much, but he, he's got some good quickness, short air quickness, can move and change direction well so if we need to to get a few extra yards then then he'll probably be the guy he's a little smaller at 510 and 200 so he's going to be the little shiftier back so a little good one-two punch there like i said i think stevie is going to be the one to carry the bulk but i i wouldn't be terribly surprised to see corbin uh gets a fair share but We'll see what he does with volume, uh, not having that, you know, previously. So, now I agree. Now, one of the position groups that I'm a little sad to see be the way that it is with with not having Quincy uh, reporting for camp. I was really looking forward to seeing him on the team and him being our number one receiver, but. That yeah, that that was unfortunate. But that is going to probably open up a lot of opportunities for Jeff Bidette. He's he though, uh, from what I can see, he's by far the fastest dude on the squad uh, for both offense and defense. He ran a four two seven forty, so sub four three. That's that's ridiculous speed. And so if we get him the ball and let him run, let's call him mini cheetah. Like let, let, I'd like to see him be able to be used in, in, you know, similar fashion to Tyreek Hill. You know, he's five eleven, So not super undersized, but you know, he's, he's not going to be your big receiver. He's not going to be up, you know, contesting 50, 50 balls on any consistent basis, but 511 182 with that 427 you know 40 he's going to be able to uh he's going to be able to burn he's going to be able to cook and i think that's probably where a lot of our yards are going to end up coming from and i'm happy to see him he was on the renegades with the AAF so he does have some spring experience not the greatest of production there with just 16 receptions for 108 yards so i'm not you know, not super high in this production, but he did end up spending 2020 on, you know, the commander's uh, roster. Well, the Washington football team's roster for, for 2020. So he's been yeah. bouncing around on the NFL. Clearly he's someone that the NFL has been continuing to take a look at. So, um, so if you didn't know him before then, before now, like I, I do expect him to be a major weapon for us. Um, production, otherwise, be damned. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was, I'm, yeah, I've seen his name pop up here and there, uh, and I, um, yeah, I think I think he'll be, he'll be pretty solid. I, he won't be. Yeah, like you said, he won't be the 
big guy to you know to do all these reaches and all that but i think he's gonna be solid for sure and you know and yeah death like fast explosive that's assuming the uh, league stops hitting him with those drones <laughs> yeah exactly he's fast but he's not gonna be able to run a drone damn it no i guess not <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to introduce a new stat for that without running the drones. <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather not that not be a stat. But hey, if we're going to have to, you know, if if we if it's going to be a stat, then why not us be leading that? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Now, our second receiver here is also spent some time actually on the active roster with the Cowboys, and that's Lance Lenoir. He's out of Western Illinois. He's not one of the younger guys on squad, granted, not super old. His draft class was 2017, so he's, what, 27, 28 now. So, you know, when I say older, I obviously I don't mean, you know, 30 or plus, but he's... Similar in in size to Bidet at six foot and but a little heavier, got about 20, 25 pounds on on Bidet at uh, two oh eight. So a little slower, a little little bulkier, but he I think he's gonna be a good second option. Um he said he played for the Cowboys. He played in seven games, though he didn't record a stat, so not you know, not a lot of volume there. But compared to to a lot of what you know, again we're seeing in the league, and you know, I'm I'm not gonna knock him for the lack of uh, lack of production. Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything to say. I don't know I agree. He's, yeah, he seems like a solid uh, solid option for sure. I have a feeling those two are going to be the the one two punch for for our receivers. The rest of our receivers are, you know, are solid though. Like I, if, if you, if you didn't see, did you see the pick that uh, the Panthers posted of Ray Bolden? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to take one with them. Dude is a little on the shorter side, but looks like he he can get up there a little bit. Stock here at one sixty five, yeah. so. He's got some bulk to his small frame. Um, he played in the XFL, didn't record any stats, just played in a single game for your Roughnecks, but um, got some experience there in the spring, which I think is kind of, again, kind of what, you know, we, we expect what we can see for um, for most of these players. Then we have Devin Ross out of Colorado. He actually just spent the uh, last season with the Panthers or with the Patriots on their practice squad. So if Belichick wanted to give him a look and gave him a shot, put him on the practice squad, I'm not going to thumb my nose at him. Yeah. Yeah. If he he gets a nod, then that's not nothing for sure. Um, So that's cool. But he does not look like he's had any spring experience from what I was able to dig up a little bit. So not, you know, not a whole lot to go off of that. He he had a, some decent production at Colorado. 
not anything that I'm going to, you know, sit and praise on, but I'd rather just wait to see him show off in, in the league. And then finally for our receivers, who I believe this is the guy that we I, I talked about with Pat and you, that he seems to be the replacement for Quincy and Jill Walker. And actually, he is a former quarterback turned receiver at Delaware. Now, so he so he didn't pull in a whole lot of production in doing so, but impressive twenty point four yards per catch. Wow. And uh, he was also used a little bit uh, for rushing attack, for the rushing attack with uh, averaging 3.8 yards per carry. So, you know, not, not bad production for, for a quarterback turned wide receiver. No, not at all. That's, uh, there's another guy, on, I think, on this team who's starting off as, you know, it was, um, I don't know, it's always, it always pick, uh, makes me interested when you know uh, players like start out as one on one path and then they uh, and then they switch to something else. Like you know, sometimes you know some people are like, oh, left or right tackle, that's whatever. Like yeah, but yeah, some some of that works like a quarterback, and then oh wait no, <laughs> here's this completely other skill set. Let's go. Right, and I mean that's what I like. I like being able to see, you know, players playing both ways. And that's kind of something I think that we're going to actually kind of see with, with our team a little bit. I feel like there's been some um, rumblings about Chase Demore playing uh, both, both phases, playing on offense and defense. Obviously I expect him to, to be mainly defense, but so right. it'll, it'll be curious to see if we continue to try to, to have players play both ways, and I'm not going to hate it. I, I love it at Michigan and what Harbaugh does. So this again kind of you know fits in you know what I expect to see. So that's not going to shock me at all. That's not going to concern me at all. I know that might not be the case for some people, but um, nah, I'm good with that. Plus, I can't imagine you know we get the double forward pass, get Joe Walker in there. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? There's a lot of options with that. Having a receiver that knows how to throw it. So, yeah, no, no, I'm looking forward to seeing those types of players for sure. Endless possibilities with Walker. So excited about that. And then again, as I alluded to earlier, with you know, with with Marty, that we, we had some we got some good boys to to throw to for our tight ends as well. I think tight ends will be you know used pretty heavily, and we we got a good stable. Which, knowing you know the style of Jeff Fisher, that's not surprising to me. And then again, with with Eric Marty liking his tight ends, this just seems like a perfect marriage. Agreed. So probably the the big guy I think that a lot of people I've I've seen talk big on would be Lamichael Petway out of Arkansas and and Iowa State. Went undrafted, but had pretty decent production between the two schools uh, with about 1,300 yards at about 14 yards per carry. So, not bad. 6'3", 220. Not a tiny target. Not the biggest tight end 
I am assuming that he's going to be in as more of a receiving tight end than a blocking one, but I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. And the guy that I'm more familiar with, though not for the best of reasons, we have Marcus Ball out of um, that team in that state. Um, he he's definitely going to be more of a receiving tight end as well. Looking at his draft profile, they were talking about him needing to improve his run blocking. So I don't see him being being the biggest uh, run or biggest blocker. He's going to definitely be used as as more of a receiving tight end again, and he's. A little bigger than Petway, uh, about an inch and 20 pounds heavier, so not quite as quick, but he's going to be a nice, solid body to to throw at. And then when we do need to have a tight end block, uh, we, we got more of that with Joey Magnifico out of Memphis. He's definitely going to be a run blocker. Hands from what I can tell, needing a little bit of work, but uh, I'm I'm not going to put that on him with, with everybody else that we got, so. Yeah, and I mean, plus he's, he's a big guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, a little, little heavier than Ba at about the same height, a little quicker, so he's going to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, get off the line if he does need to. Yeah, absolutely. Now, probably the the tight end that I'm the most excited about is going to be Connor Davis. He most recently was on the practice squad, or he was playing in the preseason for the Browns this last year before he ended up getting hurt and placed on IR, which then they obviously eventually ended up releasing him. But he seemed like he was going to, to start making a name for himself, and he was... Solid, solid uh, stats in this in this uh, preseason with the Browns. So, a little, a little excited to see him. As long as his shoulder is you know up to, you know up to speed, which his injury was obviously back in in August. So, should be all good to go. Gigantic uh, target at six eight. And he he's got some other you know spring league experience too with uh, the AAF playing for the Iron and uh, for the Battle Hawks in the XFL. So he's he, he's going to know the type of play that he needs to to have to be able to compete. So not a whole lot of production before, but again, huge target. Definitely seems to have been improving with virtually making you know hopefully I. I from what I can see, it, he was very close to actually making the Browns roster this this past year. So that's what I'm going with. But there's really not anybody else that I'm not going to go too much into the offensive line. You know, nobody that we really are that I'm super aware of. Not a whole lot to to stats to go over. Some big guys, some good size. 
I'm not I'm, I'm not too concerned as long as they can stay upright and you know protect for our guys. That's all I'm going to ask of them. Yeah. But you you did a little bit more uh, research here with the with the defense. I know I kind of control the offensive side of things. Um, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, no worries. This won't take too terribly long, but um, yeah, but our backs they all look pretty solid. You know, I think the one concern we and we kind of talked about it with Pat is the uh, is the secondary. Um, but the you know all the all the linebackers that they look pretty solid, uh, um, yeah, physically and just and figuratively, uh, and you know it's really pleased to see some some uh, dude from Eastern Michigan, my alma mater, go Eagles. Um, he's he he looks pretty solid. Um, yeah, so I I don't really have any concerns on the front, you know, the front lines, the secondary, some. Yeah, you because know, like for quarterbacks we have uh, Jalen Burrell, we have Tino Ellis, we have Jameson Houston, we have Dominique Martin, Joseph Pudu, and I think yeah, that's it. I looking at all of them, no one really stands out. They all kind of have the same experience. They're all at pretty much college. Um, some t- some practice squad, some not. So I, it really all we can do is see how it shakes out. I it's we can't. <laughs> um, and then you know safeties. We have one Saba, Orion Stewart, and Kieran Williams. Um, I pulled them up, and then. You know, Sean Williams, I'm actually kind of excited for. Um, he was on Navy, and uh, he spent four, all four years there. Um, and he, you know, he, he, his stats look pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. And he, so he looks like he has a lot of experience. And so I'm kind of, um, kind of excited to see that. Uh, Keon Williams. He uh, he was actually on the hot shots, uh, but he his he's on Nebraska. Kind of middling stats. Um, he was on the you know he's on the Eskimos as well, and so I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. No, like I said, no one really stands out. They seem like they could be solid if you know given the right coaching. And so what is it? It'll really all depend on that. Um, some of the, the caveat, though, too, with some of the stats for, um, you know, for the secondary is that you can't really go too much off of tackles. You're the, right. especially the safeties. You know, you're. Oh, yeah. You, you're more looking for PBUs and you're looking to kind of have them shut down, obviously, areas of the of, of the backfield. So I'm. Not too terribly worried about that. Uh, like you said, it's we, we got some guys with, with some experience. I think what I'm most for the defense most excited about is probably our 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 ends. Mm-hmm. I really 
love the fact that we got Kayvon Walker. Um, yeah, you will wear uh, sack leader for the XFL, 4.5 sacks. Yeah, yeah, Kayvon Walker definitely has me excited for sure. He's not going to be the best pass rusher, um, but good in his stuff to run. He he knows how to set the edge, and dude's got good size, not super big, uh, not super fast, but he's got some power, and obviously he can play. He you know four point five sacks, so he's definitely not got you know zero product productivity. Probably the best player within the XFL or on the defensive side. And then you got, you know, his, his time in the TSL. So I'm really super excited for him. I really want to see how, how he uh, plays alongside with uh, Adoye and, and Demore. Yeah. Really, really super curious about Chase. Like, is he just the social media star or is he actually going to play ball? Right. <laughs> he, he he spent time with the Alouettes in the CFL uh, back in 2020 before COVID killed the season. And then he ended up playing, you know, in the TSL. Obviously played well enough to get himself brought into to the USFL as one of our um, DNs. So decent speed, good size. At the very least, he's going to be a personality, so he'll be fun to watch, fun to listen to. Hopefully, you know he combines that with some production, and and, and we and we get it some dangerous uh, ends. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out for sure. And then a name that should probably be pretty familiar to those in the um, spring football realm is that. Frank Ginda, we, we have him at linebacker. Played with, with the fleet, played with the Guardians. Had some decent production. I'm going to punch this dog. Can you hear him do that? Can you hear him do that? No, no, no. So the noise gate is getting that. But I didn't want to talk as he's scratching on the rug trying to find a comfortable place to lay. <laughs> yeah, for Frank Frank and uh like yeah, like I said, all all our front guys I'm really excited about. They're they all have a lot of experience. Um yeah, Frank and uh he was on the fleet and then he's on the Guardians. Um, my you know, out, out of San Jose, his stats are solid. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Well, solid might be an understatement for what he did his junior yeah. year. In, <laughs> you know, in NCAA. yeah, led the NCAA with 173 tackles, 94. Yeah, seven. that's crazy stats. Yeah. For, for that's that's year. good. <laughs> so he is not the biggest dude, but he's strong for his size. Mm-hmm. He's clearly instinctive, and he clearly does not get you know get blown out of you know missed tackles, no broken tackles, uh, very few of them with with that side, sort of production. So super excited to see him play. Um, can good decent 
production in the five weeks that he had in, you know, in with the the Guardians. So hopefully he carries that torch and improves off of that, builds off of that with uh with the Panthers. And I think with the rest of the defense, with the rest of the front, uh, certainly certainly has a chance to do that. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, with the offense being the much sexier uh, position group to to go over, don't I really don't have a whole lot else to say about about our defenses. Which is kind of some of the standouts, some of the ones that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Of course, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody, uh, right? Any any combination, any any scheme that we put in place. Uh, if it ends up with the uh, championship, I you know. I'm not going to complain. I don't really have anybody that other than so what I mentioned to truly watch for. I guess I'm going to let the season do that. Give me the uh, give me the names to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can speculate all we want, and <laughs> but but we'll we'll be able to kind of point towards towards the standout. Yeah. You know, who actually still stands out? Yeah. You know, who's who uh, rises up to the occasion, who disappoints us, and so on and so forth. Hopefully no disappointments, but... <laughs> There'll be a few, but as well as, you know, just the nature of the... Be- Seriously, dogs. They're so annoying. It's... I'm expecting there'll probably be some more roster moves, but... I don't think there's going to be too many. I think the the way the league is set up, that there's not going to be too many roster moves going. So I'm good with that. But as long as we you know can get the players in position to to run the defense, run the offense that uh, our coaches want, I'm I'm going to trust in them. Yeah, that's all. That's all we can do, and watch <laughs> see what happens obviously we'll have a hell of a lot more to say after sunday's game we will we'll be able to actually see what the scheme is we'll be able to see what players uh rose up to the occasion and uh which ones didn't uh live up to the expectations because there are definitely some expectations that i have but i'm uh looking forward to be proven wrong or proven right Absolutely. That's all we can do. Which, again, we will see them playing the Gamblers on Sunday, and that's actually what we are going to be talking about next. Our matchup, week one matchup, the first of 10 matchups or up to 12 matchups that we'll be covering for this year, if we're Mm -hmm. lucky. And then did you want to cut and run since it's already 510, or did you want to go into that? How how long do you think we'll... I feel like my research on them is lacking, so I don't have a whole, whole lot to say. So we could probably run through that in 10 minutes or so. Um... But I'm, you know, depends okay. on how yeah. depends on just how kind of blah we want to be with it. Right, right. Uh, I said we can go for, it. and if I need to, you know, if I need to out, then you know, we can 
you know, do it, but we can, yeah, we can run through it real quick. And I really, really do hope that it's just my end with your audio. I'll, I'll have you listen to it if it's not, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's what so your mic for some reason like last week or what was the problem with our recording last time the last the last uh, yeah i don't know like i looked at the settings and everything and you know it was you know it was fine i pretty much had the same settings we did the first time around first couple times around and but this one like i was something must have like not been loose or like not plugged in all the way because i was like barely audible like you were fine, but I was barely audible. Which is interesting because you were perfectly fine last night, but you're kind of definitely cutting in and get garbly. It's just really weird. So I'm hoping it's just Discord, and I'm you know I, I have a shitty connection with you, and not the bot, but um, we'll see. But <laughs> if not, then that'll be that'll be an interesting. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll just have to run with the shitty audio. Um, let me check my Discord because I checked it before I hopped on. It sounded fine. I thought. How's this sound? Sounds good. All right. <laughs> What'd you change? Uh, not much. You sound a little <laughs> farther away, but um, you're not. No. Yeah. Oh, are you clipping? I wonder. I wonder if I should just do maybe because it's like you know there's a slight delay and. The mic, you know, picking up and starting on Discord versus if I just maybe held. I don't oh, know. Oh, the noise gate. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Interesting. All right. Yeah, let's run through the um the matchup. Cool. Uh, yeah, uh, Houston Gamblers versus the Panthers. Um. Uh. I'm not too familiar with uh, the Gamblers roster that much, um, but it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing the first game of the Panthers. Yeah, I spent a little more time on our roster, obviously, than I did digging into the Gamblers. But there's definitely a few names that stick out to me. Some ones that have me concerned for us, but. Also, you know, kind of concerned for them. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not terribly impressed by, by the roster. And again, I, I know we touched on this with, with Pat. So, you know, 
it's not something that uh, is going to be a surprise if you have been listening this far into it. But um, I, I think the biggest thing is probably the question mark is going to be their offense. Uh, how, how does their offense do? Everybody, myself included, not terribly high on uh, Clayton Thorson. He was a four-year starter at Northwestern. Um, we should know him pretty well. He he gave us some fits, but he's not not a guy that instills fear in me. He decent in, uh, TD to internet. Interception ratio, 61 to 45 for his four years at Northwestern. But outside of his 22 touchdowns to nine interceptions year in 2016, his last two years were 32 to 27. So not, not the guy who's going to to throw for tons of touchdowns uh, while, while, while keeping the ball safe. So if he just hasn't shorn that up, then... Uh, our, our, maybe our secondary will be able to eat. Maybe we'll actually be pleasantly surprised by our secondary. Maybe they'll play against Thorson will make us seem like our, our secondary is in better shape than uh, than what they are because I'm not intimidated by him. Not one bit. Not the slowest QB, not the fastest, not the biggest. He, he just doesn't instill fear. Um and I I know you, you got Kevin Sumlin as you know their head coach, but he's probably the coach that I have the least faith in uh, for this league. When when I saw his name, I was kind of like, that's not the greatest pickup. Uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had what he did at Houston that landed him then the job at Texas A and M with with Johnny Manziel. I right. I'm sure he did a lot to in terms of developing Johnny, but I, I get the feeling that Johnny also kind of propped him up because once Johnny left, his his coaching at Texas A and M kind of went downhill a little bit from there. Obviously, culminated him getting fired and then being picked up at Arizona, which, oh, that was that was a terrible administration. Uh, he ruined Khalil Tate. And and then he had to get it shit canned after his terrible performance and getting completely blown out of the water by Arizona State in that seventy seven game, which was his last coach game up until um well this at least upper level, you know, being college or or above that um his last game until until this upcoming Sunday. So He's been out of that this level for a minute as well, plus kind of how his tenures at Texas A&M and Arizona went. I'm I'm not I'm not intimidated by what he's got. Like, if this is the offensive mind that he is, uh, you know his his decision to go with Thorson's is questionable at best. Yeah, I I agree. I. I saw them. I had pretty much had the same reaction. I was like, "Oh, all right, that's that's a pick." <laughs> so um, that's all I've got to say about that. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, the running back, not again, also not instilling a whole lot of fear into me. He's 
got got good speed faster than our backs but uh if we have you know walker setting the edge then we should be able to to put a pretty good stop to him so not not super not super intimidated now i lost track of their receivers though they do have Ratliff Williams. I, I think he's going to to give us some fits. I think he's definitely going to be probably their best their best player in, in that. Again, it's gonna really depend on how accurate, how good Thorson's being or will end up being. And I, I guess I can't stress it enough how not intimidated by Thorson I am. Right. There's, there's nothing for me to say to their offense. I looking through everything. It's, it's not. It's not too many. But what what does scare me a little bit is the their defense, though. Maybe not not so much everybody that they have on the roster, though. Some of the roster is you know, a little scary. The biggest thing is their defensive coordinator. He is Tim Lewis. They they have Tim Lewis as their defensive coordinator. Again, familiar name for those with been around spring football, certainly since um, AAF. He was the head coach for the Iron. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they, they, had, a, they had a pretty damn good defense. Uh, and then he ended up playing or being the DBS coach at you know, St. Louis for the, the AXFL. So their, their defense was, was pretty solid. So he, he's had his hands in, you know, on the defensive side of things. He's been able to show that he can create some good defenses. I'm, I'm thinking he's the guys that he has on defense, he's going to be able to get them up to play. And if that's one thing that we have a concern about with, with us as a team, that's probably going to be where maybe they keep it close. You have, you have a NFL experienced player in Donald Payne as a linebacker, 74 total tackles, 46 of that solo uh, with the Jaguars in 30 games. So I mean, obviously not crazy stats, but certainly better than, than most production that, that we've seen in the league. So he's definitely going to be a name and, and the guy to watch. I expect him to, to give our, our front, um, our line some fits. Then you got will likely, uh, on as a corner, he, had you know he has some experience with the CFL with uh, Toronto and Hamilton, kind of bounced around. Definitely has the ability to to make some tackles. I mean, in twenty fourteen, dude had six interceptions. Uh, granted, that's Big Ten. You know, not you know back back early on in his days, so his production hasn't been you know steady since there, but. Dude, dude had some hands. And then another guy with some more um, spring league experience and as well as uh, time on practice squads is you have Ryan White, the other corner, uh, played with the iron again, so familiarity with Tim Lewis and with the Battlehawks. So 
he was with uh Tim Lewis both both times both uh <laughs> and obviously being a corner he you know was in the position that that Lewis coached so he and Lewis probably are going to have some chemistry uh probably someone that I expect that he'll be able to to pick up on on Lewis's defense pretty pretty solidly and and be able to uh not skip a beat not be able to miss anything so I expect him to to give us some fits, probably more so than than likely. But all that said, as as we discussed in our power rankings, not not going to be the team to actually the power rankings are after this. And as as you'll know with the power rankings, maybe I'll even spoil my eighth team now. <laughs> is um, I have them, I have the Gamblers at number eight, so they're not they're not my my top team uh, by any means. Even though I I do have concerns with what they're going to be able to do in defense. Large part of it is I have no clue what to really expect from our offense, our team in general. So obviously uh, the unknown's a little scary, but. Right. Tim Lewis does give me some concerns, and for, for that reason, I don't think that we're going to just like completely blow them out of the water. But I, I still think we get the easy dub. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. Um, I, I now that I, I I guess I recognize more names than I thought I would, especially the Tim Lewis and. Um, and the Ryan White connection. Um, so yeah, the the defense, yeah, in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, oh, they could, you know, be a breakout star of the show. Who knows? But overall, as a team, I, I don't see anything that that will really propel them. At least uh, not uh, not for from... week one. Um, right. I think right. I think from what I've seen, we should be able to match up to them pretty well. Again, all this is unknown. We could be a terrible matchup, and they could be the worst team, but play us super well. Yeah, um, they they could also be so terrible that um, give us false hopes. But I still expect again the dub. I'm going to put us at a six point win. I I want to say higher, but. Knowing what we've seen from previous spring leagues in the XFL and AAF, that there, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, and I don't think we're going to be firing on all cylinders, especially with offenses and in, in the timing and the chemistry that's required for that. So I'm going with Michigan by six. That's that's pretty solid. Yeah, I could see six or seven. Um um, I think I'm gonna probably just agree. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll say seven for the sake of being different. <laughs> um, yeah, but Aaron, that yeah, I, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be solid. I'm going with six just simply by the fact that we do not have a kicker. Um, we have we have a punter <laughs> who's done some kicking, yeah. though though not very efficiently. So. By that reason, I think at least one extra points missed, and 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 we win this one by uh by six. Yeah, that's completely fair. <laughs> Twenty-four to sixteen. 
That, that sounds great to me. I have no no idea what to even guess. Well, <laughs> well, see, I can't use that, though, because that makes no sense. 24 to 16 is 8 points, and I don't even know how you get to 24. So, um, I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, 22-16, that sounds fine. Um, I, I, it could be one of those things where we don't even break, you know, break it and make it that far, so I might be like, I'm going to go ahead and guess like 1610 somehow. We won't hit the over, which is at about what, 42 and a half, I think 43 and a half. So I'm going to go with 23 to 17. There you go. And then we go into our power rankings and then we're done and you need to run. Cool. All right. I will talk to you later. Sounds good. Peace. Bye.